0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. If you're tuning in live, we're happy to have you here listening, and if you're downloading the podcast, as many of you do, thank you for doing that. This is your host for the career confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and as you know, if you've been listening to the show, this is your place for career intelligence to keep you ahead of the curve and proactively managing your own career. That's why the show is here, is to help you do that. We've been covering topics that include job search, career advancement, nego- negotiation, resumes, branding. So we've we've been covering all those topics for you for for a little bit over a year now. And today we're going to be talking about some of the quote unquote worst career advice and kind of dissecting some of what I see as the maybe one size fits all career advice that's going on out there and looking at what might be working for you, what might not be working for you, and why or why not. So one of the things that I think we all get in in just loads right, right now is, is information. You've got content coming at you on LinkedIn, through any of your business magazines, and all of this kind of career advice is out there bombarding you so I want to go through some of it and dissect what it might mean for you and what parts of it might be helpful and what parts of it might not be so helpful so we're going to kind of do a a top 10 here in terms of worst career advice so the the first thing that it's our number 10 here because it's not a huge deal it's not a deal breaker by any means but it's interesting one of the articles I just saw today on LinkedIn was talking about how follow-up when you send in a job application was one of the worst pieces of career advice because HR people don't want you to follow up um, because it could be harming you if you follow up after you apply to a job and while I don't argue with any of those things, I also know that you have about a 5% chance of getting a job that you apply to online, right? If you apply through Monster, Career Builder, even a company's website, your chances of getting that job are quite low from the beginning. So if you don't follow up, I guess maybe your chances are better, but they might also be be worse. And so I think again it's one of those one size fits all approaches whether we say follow up every time after you apply or never follow up because it it makes the HR person mad. Neither of those is good good advice. They're easier to give than the real advice and the real advice is do what works in your industry. Right, this article was talking about how going door-to-door was the worst thing you could do. Well, if you work in the restaurant industry or in some of the automotive industries, going door-to-door is how people hire. Right? You go to a restaurant, you fill out an application. So thinking about what makes sense for your industry is going to help you. Now, obviously that makes it more complex. I can't tell you what's right or what's wrong, for your industry, but you probably know. How do people want you to follow up with them? Is it okay to send that HR person an email make sure they got your documents? There probably is some form of follow-up that does make sense. And, of course, the best kind of follow-up you can do is work through your network to try to get someone you know to follow up with someone they know on your behalf, right? So I think when you see that advice, either always follow up or don't follow up, we've got to think about, okay, what makes sense for me and weighing your cost and benefit, right? The yes, following up may get you in trouble, and not following up may mean nobody ever sees you. So what where where do you want to fit in terms of the risk that you want to take? in that decision. So that was my, my first one here. Do we follow up or don't we follow up after we send in an application? Probably takes a little more, bit more thought than always do it or never do it. Number nine is go back to school or get an MBA. My education friends are going to wince and I, I believe in education And if you're looking for that as an answer to a career problem, it's probably not going to be the solution. Going back to get a degree can be very helpful if that degree has specific value, if you've talked to the people who are where you want to be and you know that that value, and if you use your network while you're going to school to build yourself in that direction, right? If you go to an MBA program, one of the best things you get out of that MBA is the, is the network. If you're not using that network to, to build your contacts in the direction you want to go and to share with people in the direction you want to go, that MBA in itself is not necessarily going to get you anywhere. Of course, there are very specific degrees like being a radiology technician or an engineer where the degree is necessary for you to get where you want to go. So, of course, it makes sense to go back and get that degree. But in the general one-size-fits-all advice that, that getting a degree is going to help you move up in the world is just not the way I've seen it work. So if it works in your industry, great. Do the research know if that's something that's going to work for you. Number eight, thinking about work in a little bit different way here, not not necessarily career advancement, although this it, this is tricky. One of the things that I hear people talk a lot about and that I've seen in the past is this whole keep your head down, do your job, and you'll get promoted, right? I'm sure you've heard that. Keep your head down, do your job, and you'll earn that promotion. Well, if you've been listening at all to this show, you know, we've had some people in here, we've talked to people about getting promoted, and a lot of what I hear them say is that a promotion may be more about your relationships, A promotion may be more about how visible you are within the organization, that people know your abilities. And keeping your head down and doing your work doesn't necessarily give you the opportunity to get in front of people that way, right? You've got your head down, you might be doing great work, but is anybody seeing you do that great work? Because just as we talk in terms of people hire people, People also promote people, and if we don't have those relationships, although we may have a great work product, it may mean that we're not necessarily getting seen by the right people in order to get that promotion. So we've talked a little bit about some job search things, whether you're following up or not following up after an application career advancement? Are you going back to school or getting that MBA? Is that really going to get you where you want to go? Career advancement in terms of keeping your head down? Is that the way you earn that that promotion? Now I want to talk number seven here. We'll be thinking about an interview, but also maybe even day-to-day on your job. I hear people still talk a lot about Dress for success. And there's a few things here that that one-size-fits-all advice doesn't necessarily work for. One, especially if you're middle-aged, however you want to define that, or older, if you are dressing a certain way going into an interview, you may actually be hurting yourself because people think you're more expensive than they want to pay. You may be overdressing for the area of your country, area of the country, or whatever it might be. So I was working with an individual who was a high-level finance person and was moving from one of the coasts to the middle of the country and went to do a job interview in, in the middle of the country. All he had brought with him was a suit. And fortunately, he talked to the human resources person and said, what, what would you recommend that, that I wear? We'll be walking around in the business, which was a more in- industrial type business. And the HR person said, you know, no, um, but something lower than a suit is, is good here. Nobody, nobody wears a suit. You'll kind of stick out like a sore thumb. And so he he called me in a panic, right? All I brought was my suit. What do I do? And we decided that he would wear his shirt without the tie, wear the jacket, but be, you know, be able to take that jacket off when he got there. All right, perfect. But a lot of times our blanket advice would be, well, of course you wear the suit. The one size fit all approach. doesn't always work. Right, we have to know that culture. We have to know the the brand that we want to to share with that culture. Or the brand that that fits with that culture, as well as our own brand, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Here, we've been talking about branding. So, thinking about on in that interview, what does dress for success really mean? It, again, it's not going to be a, a one size fits all approach for that it's going to be what makes sense for the position that you're targeting and you're going to get this theme here as we continue on with our top 10 that a lot of times when you get advice it's what that person who's giving the advice to you has seen work for them or seen work for their clients but it's not necessarily going to work for you and That's part of what, if you're working with a coach, that's part of what the job is of a coach, right, is to really help you figure out what's going to work for you, not necessarily to give you advice that may or may not work for you. So do a little bit of of coaching with yourself, get some of your peers or or maybe even your family involved if they're in the business world, And think about what really makes sense for you on some of these pieces of advice that you might be getting. Because they're not always, well, maybe not usually, going to be taken as the one-size-fits-all approach. And it's going to work for you. So just to recap here, we're going to take a short break. But our number 10 was don't follow up. You'll make recruiters mad. Number nine was go back to school and get that MBA. You'll get where you want to go. Number eight was keep your head down and you'll get that promotion. And number seven was dress for success. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes and we're going to continue on here with our top 10 one size fits all career advice in just a few minutes.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Marie. At a strategic Now, back to the Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we are talking about the 10 worst pieces of career advice. And really, we're talking about the one size fits all advice that you might want to be aware of as you are job seeking, looking towards career advancement. Interviewing, all of, encompassing here in the career world. So our number ten was was don't follow up. You're going to make the HR people mad. Um, which is kind of a, a spoof here on what I saw was one of the worst pieces of advice, which was always follow up. And again, it it depends on your industry. It depends on the the mode of following up. And it depends a little bit on how you're applying and how you can follow up to improve your odds of getting a callback. Number nine, go back to school, get that MBA. It'll get you right where you want to go. And and I think that that is something that we just have to watch out for. No matter what program you're going into, a degree is not going to equal a job. Getting the internships, building your network, doing all of the work that you would do to get any job is going to get you the job. So if you want to do that new career, go back to school to do that new career, but know that you're going to have to do the work to get a job just like you would have to do the work to get any kind of job. Number eight, keep your head down, work hard and you'll get where you want to go. And then number seven, we were talking about the, the dress for success. I want to expand just a little bit on number eight before we move on here. One of the other things that I hear people talk about is one of two sides of the coin, right? Either always look busy, have your, you know, your your desk whatever look a certain way so that you always look busy. Well that can backfire on you too, right? Because busy isn't necessarily productive and are you getting the right things done all of those questions can come up and then the opposite side of that thing the coin might be oh keep your desk clean you know people want to see that you're organized that can backfire on you too right because you've got this clean desk and are you spending just as much time cleaning your desk as you are working so all of these things there's a balance and i think in the the advice giving industry right the especially content development article development industry a lot of these things are written on on the extremes because that's what gets attention and so you just have to be aware of those things and again what makes sense for you how are you most productive and how can you balance looking productive and making sure you're getting The right thing's done, which of course is, it should be the definition of productive, but a lot of times we get caught up in busy. All right, so number six, and in number six, I'm going to squish two together here. One is, in the job search, kind of keep your options open, right? That if you keep your options open, you're more likely to find something. If you're too narrow, it's going to be hard to get that job. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I believe pretty much the complete opposite that although we can get too narrow, the more focused you are, the the easier it becomes to search, just like any company does with their marketing strategy, right? The more focused you are, the easier it is to get the attention of that target audience. Other kind of part to that is Any job is better than no job. And that's not necessarily true either. You are going to be judged most on that last, most recent job on your resume. So if you are an engineer and you get laid off and you decide to take a job at Walmart being a greeter, great, that might be paying the bills. We might need that. But as soon as that has to go on your resume, It's going to be a red flag for an HR person. Where's this going? He's off course here or she's off course here. What's what's going on here? And so we've got to be careful of that getting a job for just a job's sake, right? We're always looking for how can you stay on track in some way? How can you do something that's going to add value to where you want to go somewhere on the path? How can we keep you on the path? Because I know that once you get off of it, it's harder to get back on because people see that detour as a negative. Should they? Maybe not. But that's not really going to help us talking about the shoulds or should nots. So if you're thinking about, you know, that path, and this happens, I think, especially to my millennial... Peers here thinking about if I've got to take that job at the restaurant yes I might have to do that and is there options of of other things that might be entry level or or things that I could get my foot into that are more on the path of where I want to go because once we get our, our foot planted in an industry it may be more challenging than we think to move Now, that isn't to say that those industries don't have opportunities that a lot of times we don't see. I've worked with many executives within retail and or restaurant type businesses who have done very well and built great careers and have great leadership skill sets and experience that now they could leverage in different ways. From growing up in those industries. So if that's where we want to go, that might be a path that we aren't thinking about. But if we want to be in the environment or in engineering, thinking about how we might get our foot in the door along that path instead of in a totally other random place is going to be important as we start to build our resume, Right to build it in somewhat of the right direction so that we can actually build it and, and move up instead of having to hop around and start over, perhaps, in a different industry. So that's number six, is any job is better than no job. And, and you parents out there might be cringing that I'm saying that's bad career advice. But think it through for yourself. If you were going to hire an engineer, would you hire an engineer who had internships, even if they didn't pay? within that field or would you hire an engineer who just has been working in the restaurant industry for the last four years since they got out of school? Where are we going? Number five, wait for your performance review to ask for a promotion or raise. This we covered really in depth with Susan Whitcomb last April and she talked a lot about asking for a raise or talking about a promotion when there was the opportunity to have that conversation and not necessarily in your annual review. And I think this goes for waiting to have any kind of hard conversation until your annual review, whether that's performance-related, money-related. Those conversations are best had when they are timely. There's a new project coming up. You've just solved a great problem. Having those conversations within the flow of your work, although you may want to give your, as Susan talked about, giving your employer, your, your supervisor, some heads up that you're wanting to have that conversation, but not necessarily waiting until your review when... Possibly it's a time of, of stress in your organization and your managers just trying to get through those reviews. And possibly when your review is more focused on other things, maybe you're learning or some of those things, I know a lot of companies are trying to separate the raise conversation and the performance based planning kind of conversation. And, and there's definitely value in that. So for you as an individual, to think about how you might ask for that raise, ask for that promotion in a more timely manner versus waiting until your annual review. Number four, you have to apply online. So this is advice that you're usually getting from, I would say, the wrong person in an organization. If you're talking to somebody and they say, oh, well, you have to apply for our jobs online, yes, you want to go and do that. And it probably means you're not talking to the person who is actually seeking the talent. You're not talking to the manager. You're not talking to the leader in the organization. And this comes to me from an individual who used to run a retail store came into me as, as a client and we were talking about his job search approach and how he wanted to go about his job search. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about how you found your best talent at the store. And he said, well, it was usually through my other employees. But then if I had an individual who came in and brought me a resume... I would keep that because someone who would seek me out and take the time to come and give a resume to my organization was going to be a much better hire than someone who is just responding to an ad that may or may not really be interested in working for my business. They just see the ad. And so, Obviously, not all leaders are going to have that mentality. But you know that if you're connecting with someone and they're telling you to go online, they're either not ready to look, really look for talent, they're not in the position to really be looking for talent, or third and maybe hardest for us to swallow, they're not really interested in us. And that's okay. And you can go apply online. You can see what happens there. And I'd also seek out other people within the organization to talk to. And or, you know, once you submit that application online, especially if you've decided it's not a good fit for you to follow up, I wouldn't spend too much time there. Move on to an organization where you can find connections, where you can build those connections or where you can access the person who's really looking for talent a little bit easier. So we're thinking about that process. I would say another maybe 4A is there's more jobs with big companies because usually it's that big company that's telling you that you've got to apply online. And I don't know this data necessarily accurately anymore nationwide but I know in Colorado more than 75% of businesses has less than 50 employees. So although there might be lots of opportunity with big companies, those are only 25% of the companies. And so if you start looking at smaller organizations, you have more access to the decision makers, the leaders have more decision making ability. To hire someone without maybe having to go through this huge um, structured process, right? And so thinking about are you buying into that as well, that all the opportunity is with the bigger companies? And that might be while you're hearing that you have to apply online, so we've gone through here. Ten is, is never follow up after you apply. Nine, go back to school, get that MBA. It'll get you where you want to go. Eight, keep your head down, do that job, you'll get that promotion. Seven is, is dress for success. Six, keep your option open or any job is better than, than no job. Five, you know, you really should wait for your performance review to ask for a raise. And then number four, you have to apply online. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. We're going to go through the last of our top 10 here and then talk about how you can work through some of this career advice that you might be getting so that it doesn't throw you off track. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional banker's hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're going through the top 10 uh, bewares of one-size-fits-all career advice. So we've walked through the top six here, and just thinking about, again, that a lot of times this advice is given as kind of a, a blanket, and of course, as we know, Most of the time, those things don't work, right? We're all so different. We're in different types of industries. Our situations are so different. But a lot of these items that we've been talking through have been kind of common knowledge, if you will, and maybe even thought to be common sense for a long time. And as careers have changed and the way careers progress have changed, some of them just don't work anymore, right? Like dress for success, that was huge. And and now that looks different. It takes more thought on our part as the, the job seeker or even the employee to really know what that means in our organization and how we want to portray our brand and how our brand is going to fit in with the potential organization or current organization that we work for and um, one of the places where I saw some of these pieces of advice, I think this one was on AskMen.com or something that was talking about being cool and and how you know you don't necessarily need to dress cool. And it kind of made me laugh, right, thinking about that. But the truth is that how people dress in business has changed a lot, and if we stick to some of these old and maybe they're not even that old, but these these pieces of advice that really aren't flexing to meet the new workforce, we might find ourselves not getting the outcomes that we want. So number three, and this one is, is near and dear to my heart, is stay at least a year. So I remember moving into a job... And I had just moved between jobs. So for a little while, I was driving two to three hours a day for work and miserable. And some of you that do it on the East Coast, I don't know how you do it because it was not for me. And so I remember my sister saying that you can't leave that job until you get a, a new one, which also is one size fits all advice that doesn't always make sense right if you're working 60, 70 hours a week you're never going to get a new one there's just not enough time in the day to do both of those things some of you do it and, and bless you but it doesn't always work that way and so when I got another job that I also wasn't, it was a really bad fit but I didn't have to drive anymore it was that same idea of you just hopped, right? you got to stay put. Well, thankfully, I had the opportunity to transfer, so it didn't necessarily look as bad, but it got me out of the, the second bad situation. And although I understand the advice, are you really going to pass up an opportunity just for because you've got to stay a year? Right? It's a decision you'll have to make. About two weeks ago, I got a call from a friend who had just started a new job at a school doing advising, and the school was really small. There wasn't very much activity, no kind of programming, just not that much in the job for someone who's been in that type of role for a while. Got an opportunity, got an interview, got an offer at a bigger school. And her mom was saying, you've gotta stay a year. And I asked her, I said, well, does that make sense? Right, does it make sense? It's this rule, but does it make sense? And she decided to take the new job where there are more opportunities, better things that fit where she wants to go and really a better use of the experience that she already has. So as we're looking at some of these rules, right, you just have to think about does that really make sense? Does this piece of advice really make sense for me in this situation? It makes us think, which is good, but it doesn't always mean we have to go that direction. So number two, networking is about numbers. Or it might be... You know, go to as many, meet as many people as you can. Or sometimes maybe it's, it's who you know. Kind of that quantity thing. Well, as we know, networking is really all about not who you know, but who knows you. And that means quality. Quality in relationships. For someone to really know you in a way that they would recommend you for something, in a way that they would make a connection for you. That's not about numbers. And I think social media kind of plays into this in some way where we think it's all about how many likes we have or how many followers we have. And if those aren't real relationships, if you're not doing the things you need to do on those mediums to really build relationships with those people, it really doesn't matter how many likes or followers or connections you have because it's, it's not going to get you anywhere if those people don't really know you and aren't willing to help you in a more proactive way, right? That's networking, not necessarily just building this huge pool of people that have your business card but don't know anything else about you. And that was one of the other kind of bad pieces of advice I saw was the first thing you need to do to get your dream job is to get a business card. And it goes along with this idea of passing out your business card to everybody will get you where you want to go. Where we know that it's really more about building those relationships and and really genuinely connecting with people in a way that yes they want to help you and and you want to help them and you're moving forward together in a in a relationship which sounds very dating but it doesn't have to right it's it's just networking business professional relationships so the number 1 worst piece of career advice and as a career Counselor, this one is hard to say maybe, but I've read it a lot of places and I do think that it's true. The number one worst career advice is either follow your passion or do what you love. Follow your passion. Why is that bad career advice? The first is that it it insinuates or it suggests that passion is some kind of mystical inborn thing that you can follow. Some people do have that calling, if you will, that relates to work, let us say. Some people have a passion that doesn't necessarily either relate to work or they don't want it to. And some people don't necessarily have a passion in that sense. And that's okay. I think that follow your passion also puts a lot of pressure on people. And I hear it a lot across all of the age groups. All of this pressure to find your passion again making it this kind of big mystical thing and people's passion can come in different ways people might be interested in something and then they work at it they find out they're great at it and boom there's passion right? and there's a lot of articles that talk about that that success breeds passion, not the other way around. Obviously passion can breed success when you want something so bad that you go out and make it happen, right? But I think the the bad advice is when we think it only happens that way. It only happens that passion breeds success. That's just not true. For lots of people it happens the other way around. They get into a job, they find out that they're good at something and and boom they're they're on this road. Or they get into a job and they have to experiment a little bit and find out where their niche is, and then boom, they're they're on their way. The do what you love, I think, also says that same thing, right? That what you love is is of course going to be a great job for you. And that's not necessarily true either. Yes, we we're gonna be good in a job and more satisfied in a job that we're interested in we're somewhat interested in and one of the ladies that i that i work with elizabeth sanders harney she talks about fascinations right you've got to be in some way interested perhaps not always but that doesn't mean that it has to be your dream job or it has to be something you love because a lot of times what you love maybe you doesn't need to be a job i've talked to and i know you've heard these stories of people who love to cook and then they go in and they try to make it their work and it ruins it because it's not it's not that how they want to work and so even as a career counselor right and learning all of the career counseling theories that i've learned i think this might be the one that people forget about the most is that we have our vocational life, right? The things that we do in work. And we have our a vocational work, they call it, or a vocational life, they call it. The things that we do outside of work. And our lives need both to be enriched. And I think that this idea of follow your passion or do what you love assumes that those two things have to come together at some point. And for some people, they do. And for others, they don't. And some people don't want them to. They want to have their a vocation that they do for fun and their vocation, the skills that they use, the place where they're seen as an expert, whatever it is, but that's that's work. And that's okay. So we're gonna come back in just a few minutes. We're gonna follow up here with our top ten of the worst career advice. And then we're going to talk about how you can evaluate some of this advice as you're seeing it or getting it to make sure that it's what works for you as you move forward in your career. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you are a woman who is in a transitionary state of your life, such as a divorce, marriage, upcoming retirement, changing jobs, or even careers, there are usually many financial decisions that you may be faced with. On Women Be Wise, host Darlene Gilmore can help with some important advice on a variety of subjects for women in almost any state of their financial lives. You'll want to listen every Thursday morning for Women Be Wise at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been going through the top 10 Worst career advice, or I would say more like one size fits all advice, to think about all of the different factors that go into what makes something good advice, right? And that a lot of times what works for someone, or even what a professional would say, might not necessarily apply to your situation your industry, or where you want to go with your career. So we've talked about some of these more conventional things that are out there, right? Don't ever follow up and make an HR person mad when you apply to a job. Kind of talked about how that that really does depend and the consequences maybe of not following up and how that factors into your decision and all the different ways that you can follow up. Number nine, go back to school, especially we I hear, you get that MBA, that'll make you move forward in your career. Do that research, figure out what is going to make a difference. And if you are changing careers and need to go back to school, use that opportunity to build your network, get an internship, do all the other things that you would need to do to get any other Job Number eight, keep your head down, do your work, you'll earn that promotion. As we've talked about a lot in this show, getting hired, getting promotions have a lot to do with relationships. And getting your head down and doing that work doesn't always lend itself to building those relationships. Number seven, dress for success. And that's changed maybe fairly quickly in the last five years in terms of what that means and what dressing for success might look like at the company that you're going to interview at and how that might be different than what you're used to and how that might factor in with your brand, especially around issues in terms of age. Number six, keep your options open or any job is better than no job the job you're taking is is putting you on a path and that that path does mean something to the next place that you're applying so if you're going to go off your path that will be more challenging for you to to get back on at at another point in time and of course when you're working it's although in some ways easier to find work in other ways especially if that job is is draining you and is not in your wheelhouse it may be worse than than not having anything at all hard to believe but sometimes it's true number 5 wait for that performance review to ask for a raise again a lot of companies are separating these conversations and the conversation towards getting promoted or towards getting a raise is not a one-time conversation, right? It's a, a relationship that you're building with your supervisor. It's a conversation you're having about your, your performance and the projects and things that you're taking on on a regular basis that lead up to all of those things. Number four, you have to apply online. Again, if you're hearing that, you might be talking to the wrong person at a too big of an organization talking to someone who doesn't care about their talent, or they may not be interested in you, and that's okay too. So thinking about what's really going on here if I'm getting told I have to apply online. Number three, you have to stay at least a year before you move. If that works, if it gets you where you want to go, if it helps build you to the right direction, But if you've got an opportunity that's going to get you in in a better place, it's not necessarily always that one-size-fits-all solution. And number two, networking is about the numbers or networking is, is who you know. And we talked about how it's really who knows you. And that knowing is a lot more about the quality of that relationship than depth of that relationship than the numbers. And, of course, the number one, follow your passion. Do what you love. Don't put that pressure on yourself, right? And there's a lot of other ways that that, that works. Success breeds passion. Passion doesn't always relate to work for all of us. So do what you're good at, do what makes sense for you, do what your skills are, do what interests you. There's a lot of different ways to look at that. And of course, what's going on in the market needs to be part of the conversation when you're thinking about what you do. So thinking about this advice, I found an, an awesome article on Forbes, thinking about How to decide if advice is right or wrong. And this was Kathy Caprino, C-A-P-R-I-N-O, talking about five ways to tell if the advice you received is wrong. And I wouldn't necessarily use the word wrong. Again, here we're taking the extreme to get readers, which is fine. But it's how to tell if this advice is going to work for you, right? So thinking about how your initial reaction, what does this... How does this work for you? And you've got to be a little careful here because I know that initial reactions often are, well, I've tried that already. That doesn't mean it might be bad advice. The advice is from someone who doesn't get you or your goals. For someone who doesn't really know what you're doing, obviously the advice might not be right on. The advice isn't aligned with where you're going. That's pretty much similar to what we just talked about. If they don't know where you're going, of course that advice is going to be challenging. The advisor isn't qualified, so here's the one thing I would say about advice. If you're working with a coach or a counselor, most of the time you're probably going to be more frustrated that they're not necessarily giving you advice, because coaches and counselors don't give advice. They help you come up with with answers on your own. They might provide you with resources, they might provide you with best practices, but really a coach or a counselor knows it's about working with you to come up with your own answer. And when you're selecting the person to give you advice, find someone who you have that kind of click, the energy feels good. She talks about energy, which some of us are a better sense of of than others. So I hope that you're thinking through some of this advice and starting to question maybe some of those old adages that are out there in terms of this is the way your your career is going to be successful, and really thinking about what makes sense for you. And of course, if I can assist you in working through this process of, of getting a new career, of finding a job, or of advancing with within where you are that's why this show is here i hope you'll keep listening and you're always welcome to reach out to me marie at marie m-a-r-i-e at a strategic advantage.com happy to answer your questions and and talk further about how we might help you move forward in your career and take more control over your career direction So thanks for tuning in here at the Career Confidant. Our upcoming topics, we're going to be looking at applicant tracking systems. We're going to be diving into more of how to search while you're employed, since that's where most of you are today. You might be underemployed, but you're employed and you're looking for something better. So we'll be covering more of those topics and happy to cover any topic that you need to listen to. So feel free to reach out to me and we'll see you right back here next week on The Career Confidant.
0: Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.